afternoon, one and all. Once again, here we are having a Novus podcast. Now, I have a little bit of competition with the posh voice of podcasting this afternoon that needs no introduction by me, as I'll let her do it herself. Hello, Laura. How are how are you? Oh, that's a bit Belfast, isn't it? How are you? How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So very who, well. Who are you? Uh, I am Joanne Jones. Joanne or Joanna? Um, Joanne, but Joe Jones is fine. That's my professional name. Okay. And um, a little bit about me is I'm a client relationship manager for Clancy Consulting. And uh, I'll stop this voice now. If you want to know who we are, well, what we do, we're uh, consulting, I'm still doing this voice, consulting engineers, building services, civil and structural, geotechnical, uh, and building appraisal. Those are our core services. So um, essentially what I call these guys and girls, they are like the brain surgeons and heart surgeons of buildings. Okay. So you, you've got very, very clever people. You've, you've got these wonderful buildings and without the services in them or the structure, they're very depressing places. We are what makes a building work. You're what makes them tick. What makes them tick, exactly. Lovely bunch. That's an excellent way of describing your professional services. And what I, sh- I didn't say what I did really, did I? So you what didn't? What does client relationship manager mean? So it, it, there's a bit of business development, speaking to lovely people like yourself, um, being the conduit between uh, the staff and the clients and contacts out there in our wonderful world of construction and Ex- property. Excellent. So how come you sat in my podcast booth? How does Novus and Clancy Consulting know one another? Uh, well, we do work together. We do? We do. And... Um, Hopefully it's going very well. It is. I'd like to think you'd say it wasn't if it wasn't. But oh, it definitely. Is. Yeah, I'd have had a word by now. And we did actually meet via our mutual contact, Mark Williams, who is uh, the Mr. Lovely of Property and Construction. He is the link between many a relationship in construction, isn't he? He is a wonderful man. I am nodding, Mark, I promise. Yeah. I've known him for, oh gosh, I think since 2008 quite a long time these days it is a very long time I've always looked up to him he's a bit of a muse and anyone who was involved with the library of Birmingham he's a great guy in my book so that's how we know each other that is and And it's been a flourishing friendship ever since I definitely would agree with you there I feel that you have been a great asset to my business development career within Novus my personal feeling about being a business development manager but also all professionalism aside you're a good old bird a thoroughly nice girl yeah well I do my best sorry I didn't mean the old bit oh that's okay I am getting on a bit now you are also one of my big challenge uh sweat buddy teammates for the big for the big yes. challenge women in property yeah, so talk, tell us about that, Jo. Uh, so Women in Property are working with Women's Aid and Girls Out Loud. And there's 36 teams overall, teams of four. And the aim is to get enough steps together to walk around the Mediterranean. As of we're on day six, well, week two, I think. Yeah. They, I think they're about 55% around the Med. That's not bad going. It's it? amazing. Now, we are 
We are hovering between 27th and 22nd. Yes, we've been in a different position, different days, haven't we? We have. But Which those, is good. We, it's, and it, but it's not about getting first place. It's about keeping moving. And those jaywalkers are doing terribly well, aren't they? I don't they think they work. Oh. <gasps> I should have said that. Sorry, jaywalkers and walkie-talkies. In greatest respect to those in first, second and third... Can I borrow your dog? Yes. <laughs> or they're putting the Garmin on one of the kids. On the two-year-old. And they're running yeah. around. I'm only jealous, that's why I'm saying Yeah, we're jealous. Like but we're doing pretty... We're smashing it. We're doing really and well. And enjoying it. Like you yes. say, it's keeping moving and making a conscious effort of getting that element of health and well-being into your day. That's correct. And thank you for volunteering to join the team. I feel like your presence in my life is going to make me volunteer for many stuff over the years. Excellent. <laughs> Bugger. Can we edit that? <laughs> so, Joe, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of a podcast. You can't talk to anybody these days without talking about the last year. Yes. So let's go with, where were you at the beginning of March 2020 in your life? Oh, well, I just... Started with Clancy Consulting, twenty uh, fourth of February to be exact. Oh, okay. And I think that week I was in Altrinum, okay. Altrinum, Altrinum. Yeah. And I was having a thoroughly nice time meeting everyone, and it, everything was on the radio. And I, I think at the time there was about thirty deaths, and then the following week it tripled. Yeah. And then it was a case of, right, you're going to have to go home, and don't come back again. And I think the first time I went back to the office was March this year. Oh, gosh. So it was a whole 12 months. So you had a very short time in the office before you were asked to leave the office. I think it was three weeks. Wow. What a way to start a new career. Yeah, it's um, it's different, isn't it? Did you feel a bit unsettled? Um, yes and no. I think yes from the point of view, how the hell am I going to do my job now? Well, how is anyone going to do the job um, and then it was, I must admit, I have to be honest, it was a bit of a novelty as well. And my director was cock a hoop because, right, that's it. This is fantastic. I've always wanted to do agile working. This is now we can test out our technology. And there was a lot of uh, pointing and, yeah, we're going to do this. And have you got this? And he, he was amazing. He made sure everyone that's was really set good. up. Um, so it was a great novelty. I wasn't one of those that sat in the garden <laughs> during the, the sunny times. It was very hot. It was very at hot. At that point, wasn't it? And yeah, myself and Chris Hill of Novus, we, even though you have lovely garden furniture, we never ever sat on it during working hours. We never saw an opportunity to go out there and do that because the business had to keep going. It did. And I think you had to be ahead of the curve as well, mm. trying to keep up with what everyone else was doing, who, whoever was left. Yeah. yeah. Like I said before, it was like the Avengers where Thanos had got rid of, furloughed half the human race. Yeah, it was very strange, wasn't it? Was, it? it was really weird, very weird. Yeah. And I, I think actually March, eight, March and April was two months of panic, really. And most of the conversations that I had with people was, what, what are we going to do? What are you going to do? How are you feeling? Guys that, may, well, because we work with men, men that, I don't know what I'm going to do. I've, I've got no work falling off a cliff edge yeah. it was there was panic yeah definitely and level of unknown wasn't it and think and then you grasp onto that optimism of oh it's all right it'll all be over 
in a few days, a few weeks, a few months. Twelve weeks, apparently, yeah, wasn't it? He true. said, "Yeah, it will be over yes in twelve weeks." That's the end of it. It's banking the lectern. <laughs> we're all we're, we're, we're out of it. Fluff, I'm doing the fluffy hair bit because <laughs> I've got blonde hair. And um, I stupidly s- planned with my friend, right, we're going to go to, um, what's that chicken place called? Nando's. Okay. I'm going to go to the cinema Nando's and, and then I'm going to have a pint of Cherry Aid in the pub. Well, that didn't happen, did it? Are you it? still waiting for that I'm day? still waiting for that without having to queue up, put a flipping mask on and book it. Spontaneity's gone out the window, hasn't it, Laura? It has. It definitely has. There we go. We'll be here talking about all the wrong things if you get onto that subject. Yes. Completely. So, Joe, you struck me as a very honest person. Yes. I'm very transparent. What would you like yeah. to know? <laughs> Ooh, what would we like to know, guys? Ask me anything you like. Okay, so let, let's talk about family, first of all. Um, those that know you will know that you've had a bit of hardship in your life. Uh, I know where you've been today. You don't have to elaborate on any of that, but if you'd like to, you may. Yes, um, after two years of poor Leslie sitting on a shelf in the crematorium, we finally scattered her ashes this morning. Uh, it was a, it was a very, a very out of body experience. To literally, yeah, quite literally. <laughs> and the the lady that was doing the reading was a lot more upset than the rest of the family. But as I explained earlier to Laura, she uh, she could see that this was a mum. Her two kids were there and her husband and her 85-year-old mother. And um, I just sat there and smiled, well, stood there and smiled and thought, well, this is not what Leslie wanted. As I said, she said to me, you know, this chose me, not you. You get on with your life and make the best of it. Uh, but she she did have the last laugh as uh, as she was being deposited to, into a hole in the ground. She decided to cover her husband's <laughs> shoes with herself. So I had a little bit of a chuckle to myself. But I, I must admit, it has lent a little bit more perspective on life and I'm seeing things differently all over again. And So it, I wouldn't say it was closure. If Leslie if Leslie was next to me and she was that little age, she'd go, well, why the bloody hell did you bother? Two years. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, COVID probably got in the way of that, but two years is a very long time, isn't it? Well, she died in at the end of August in 2019. Okay. Uh, so there was a, a bit of a backlog, believe it or not. Can you believe that? There was a backlog. And so by the time March come around, there was even more of a backlog. I'm so, sorry, Joe. <laughs> so she's been sat on the shelf for two years. Oh, lover. But it was very, it was a really lovely service. And they, the, the lady said some very nice things and... I could f- I could feel that little lump in your throat, and I'm there. Go, don't you cry! Don't you dare cry! Mm. And I'm standing there thinking, Mom, don't put your arm around me because that'll be <laughs> it. There'll be a, a river of tears. <laughs> don't you touch me! <laughs> How was your mum? Um, my mum. Uh, well, everyone stood silent for a bit, and then the 85 year old mum who likes to pull thermostats off the wall at home. Uh, says, oh, well, that's it, it's starting to rain, let's go home now. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. I think she was a bit embarrassed. Okay. Mm. This kind of has led me on to this question. Yes. Who's your hero? (gasps) Well, 
My hero, so Paul Dickoff, uh, international, well, Scottish international striker. And why? Why do you know of him? Have um, you heard of him? No, I don't think I have. Well, um, I used to be a huge Manchester City supporter. Okay. So we were languishing in the second division. And in 1999, we were in the Division 2 playoff final. I was down at Wembley. And I always liked him. He is the epitome of tenacity, Paul Dickoff. We were playing against Gillingham and we were dead in the water. Didn't deserve it. Gillingham deserved to go through. And we were in extra time. It was 2-1 to Gillingham. There there was a, a minute to go. That was it. Heads were down, city side. That's it. It's all over. And this guy, Paul Dickoff, who I, I loved anyway, he just, Laura, he just kept going, never gave up. All the fans had left the ground, all the city fans. I was still in there. This was old Wembley. And then you saw, you saw that you saw it in his eyes. He picked, he picked the ball up, not literally, picked the ball up. Yeah. And you knew, you knew, you, the whole of the away end just descended into quiet. You, you oh. could hear this. Oh, he, he's he's going to do it, and then the, the the we were like the third man for him. Second, third man. You got you got the team. Yeah. You knew he was going to bang that in the back of the net, Gillingham net, and he did it. And I do you know what? I get quite emotional replaying I didn't hear that. It. I, I do. Makes me cry sometimes. He went down to the ground on his knees. That was it. 20 seconds later, we got into penalty shootout then. And wow. his teammates knew then we owe it to him to get those penalties in. Nicky Weaver, he was the goalkeeper at the time. And it wasn't a case of not expecting the goalkeeper to save any penalties. That guy commanded his line, like his life depended on it. And he saved the last Gillingham goal and that was it. We went through. Oh my gosh! Wow, and he, he's he is my hero. I think it's a case of he never gave up hope once. Yeah. While everyone was going, no, that that's it. It's over. They they turned his back. Their backs yeah. on him. Yeah, they did, and he kept going. He kept going, and never never lose hope. And he he was he's he's my hero. And I know it's the weirdest hero, but I never I've never forgotten that. Oh, when when he scored, um, I was in, I landed up three rows down. Because you get picked up and thrown down to the front, and my legs were black and blue. But what a great, what a great day that was! Yeah, so that's my hero, a silly hero. But no, because you you calling him a silly hero now kind of dampens the reason why you want that he is your hero. That's an amazing hero to have. I think so, and I I truly believe if, if it wasn't for him, City would not have gone to the meteoric rise that they have. He changed he changed the course of history for that club. I feel like I've got inside knowledge now on if I'm ever asked a who wants to be a millionaire question type Paul thing. Dickoff. Uh, yeah, I feel like I've got last ninety seconds. I would urge your listeners to watch that nineteen ninety nine final. It really is an am- amazing feat. I I'm quite surprised at that. I wasn't expecting Someone of a football nature. It's because um, I know you're not very footbally now, are you? No, no. I um, I sort of turned my back on it back on it in 2010. Okay. For a few reasons that I won't bore you with. My heart got broken 
by and it was the way that it was all going and our international squad as well. I thought, oh, I've had enough of this. Yeah. The last game I went to was Bolton City at the Etihad Stadium, and it was with very the very famous Kevin Singh. Oh, okay. Yeah. I had a lovely time, Kevin, if you're listening. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was my swan song. Ah, <laughs> lovely. So, speaking of heroes, now I know you're an Af- you've listened to a few of the previous podcasts and you quite liked one of the questions on there. So, I'd like to ask you, Miss Jones, would you be someone else's hero, like a superhero, or would you rather be a sidekick? Oh, definitely a sidekick. Why? Why would you go in second place? I want to be um, the Mick Mars of the couple. Um, so you're the wise one that just blends in the background, but you still play a fundamental part in that relationship. Okay. And you let you let that... Per- I like to see people go forwards. I don't think I've got the ego for it, but I like to see people with the ego go forward. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be the, as I say, the Mick Mars of it. Okay, what would your superhero, your sidekick hero costume be? Oh, my sidekick, a, a bit of velvet. Okay. Bit of a, I'd go for a black wig uh, to hide my blonde hair because we don't <laughs> we don't want anyone to know who it is, and um, wear a mask, green velvet, and I could be called something like oh one of my favourite sidekicks. Well, he was a superhero, Minty Cat or something. <laughs> That's off Celebrity Juice, who's the presenter. What's his name? He has a superhero called Minty Cat. Okay. That's going to bug me. Look that one up. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be in velvet, all velvet, black hair, mask. Excellent. Have a cape, flowing red cape. Sounds horrific, doesn't it? Mm, I don't don't know if I'd give you a cape. I've kind of got a, a Jim Carrey Joker picture. Uh, Riddler, even. Sorry, Jim Carrey. Picture in yeah. my head. Or I, I could go for my sports one, the Valkyrie, the the woman that saves the fallen soldiers and takes them over to a life where it's a lot more preferable than what they've come from. Oh, there you go. And you'd kind of be a superhero and a sidekick all in your own element there. Yeah, I would, yeah. yeah. I'm the sidekick, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, I didn't know that about you. Lots of our listeners and lots of people where we post our podcast will know you. So if your name gets tagged through marketing, all that kind of thing, lots of people are going to want to listen to this podcast who think they may know you. Can you tell me something that you think other people don't know about you? Well, I am very transparent, as you know, but this might be a good time to announce. Oh, my God. Something that nobody knows about me. Um I am actually, in fact, a robot. Um, my serial number is T U H triple zero three one four nine. Now, this is why I never do well at, at love life, because <laughs> when I get to the trimester of the relationship, they tend to find my self destruct button, and I slap the hand away, so I can press that myself. <laughs> so they end up pressing all my other buttons. <laughs> so I'm not a robot. Really? <laughs> no, I'm not a robot. Um, I, I think I think I think we've talked about this one before. I, I'm a, I was a forklift truck driver in a previous life for yes. three three no, four yes. years. Now I only know that because we had a, a bit of a practice podcast mm. a, f- a few months ago, 
And I was really shocked. So I love that you're sharing that. Side shift and front loader. My favourite one was the old bone bone shaker uh, gas forklift truck. I really enjoyed that. It was great. I, I bet it would be amazing to do that. It was, and it was back in the 90s when there wasn't many of us lady forklift truck drivers. So when I used to go out into the loading bay and the uh, drivers would come with their beautiful big juggernauts, they'd have a, a complete fit. And Can you imagine? Yeah. Do you know what you're doing? Have you got a licence? Yes. And you- afterwards, they always asked me to do it because I never wrecked their truck. Did you have to always show your credentials? Yeah, I had a little card and it was on a, a, well, it was on my lanyard and sometimes they wouldn't let me load until Steve, the manager, come out and he'd bring my certificate. Oh, God, how patronising. I know, what's, but I thought it was great because anything that winds, um, I'm not going to say a man or anyone, anything that winds someone up that much, you know, oh, I've done my job, haven't I? But I guess it's it's okay to say something like that because it was a long time ago. Yes. When it was very rare to probably have seen a female forklift driver. Yeah. There wasn't many of us about. I think if I saw you on a site in a forklift now, I'd still be shocked. I think it's, like, it still would Joe, be funny, wouldn't it? You're in the wrong place, love. Come on out. And that's not even me being sexist. It's just me thinking, oh my God, I didn't know that about you. I could still do it. I haven't got the licence. I'd have to renew it. Yeah. But I could still turn on, on the pivot. On the back, on the front wheel, I could still do it. So, so do you like engines and machinery? Um, I'm no good at fixing cars or anything. Oh, okay. You haven't got a secret skill. No, no, but I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, I'm really, really crap at maths. And I think, although it's not, I've wrote it down, although it's not been diagnosed i think i do have dyscalculia oh that's like the maths version the maths version yeah Yeah, i'm i'm really bad at it and i get really anxious if somebody asks me to to work something out i I can get through life but it takes me a long time and and i think that's really um stopped me doing what a proper stem subject what i really wanted to do because I would really love to have been a structural engineer but can you imagine the state of the structures with my wibbly wobbly very wibbly wobbly um i'm i'm just fascinated by bridge why buildings stay up and we've got had that recent news with the miami yeah so straight away i go to warwick and david do you know do you know why that happened and then for about half an hour they'll tell me why it could have possibly happened and it's just really that's amazing and I don't know if anyone has ever seen the Vinci sarcophagus, Chernobyl sarcophagus, the new containment tomb. Oh, that is amazing. Is it? It's about an hour and a half. on. I think it's on BBC. And it tells you the story of how the structural engineers created this sarcophagus. Okay. And it's within a 0.001 millionth second that they've got to meet it together. And it's now, this tomb is now over the Chernobyl reactor and there's little robots inside, not me, not my robot, that are <laughs> fixing it. And it'll last, I think the structure's supposed to last about 100 years, but oh, I was just dribbling wow. all the way through it, watching it. I mean, it's how clever is that, that you can do that? Very. So that's what, I've, what I would have liked to have been if I hadn't been such a thicket. So I can imagine you having a bit of a celebrity crush on someone like Hammond 
from Top Gear, Richard Hammond. No. Have you ever seen his, um, I think it's called No, be careful Big. what you're going to say. <laughs> I think his programme's called Big, and it's all about these like massive creations of Ooh. buildings and things like that. I think it might be called Tall. I'll come back to you on that one, Joe. Oh, and please. You know, yes, I'd like to scribble on, that one down. It's on, um, Is it on Amazon. Amazon or Netflix or something like that. It yes, please do. Good. But yeah, um, now I've mentioned it, Celebrity Crush. Oh, well, female, I've got a girl crush. Okay, yeah, they're allowed. Gillian Anderson. Okay. Oh, she's just, if if I was going to be an actress um, or a woman or I was I was going to be, you know, a gay woman. Okay, yeah. It would be Gillian Anderson. But I think more, I admire her method acting and how she can change who she is, what she does. Um, if you see her in the fall, that's where I really fell in love with her. I've, yeah. Oh, she's well, so she good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's a good watch for men and women, guys. <laughs> sadly, um, I fall down in that department. But, you know, that's a story for, an, uh, that's another question you could ask me about my love life. Um, she she's amazing. She's dynamic in that program. Uh, she's isn't she? she's beautiful as well. F- 52, 53 Well, she she must be knocking on a little bit because I just remember her from the X Files days. I never saw that. Never saw I the X Files. I don't think you'd fancy her in there. Uh, to be honest. No, I'm much she's improved. In the fall. She she's improved with age. I'm, I I get that one. I get. Get it? It's a whole demeanour as well, how she comes across. And uh, if you've ever seen the last series of The Crown when she played Thatcher, oh, her mannerisms are just spot on. Oh, wow. Yeah, definitely I, did, I didn't realise she was in that. Yeah, she's very watchable. Now, men. Yeah. My male crush. Oh, God. I'm so in love with Nikki Six of Motley Crue. Oh. <laughs> now, would you say that this is a recent crush though? Well, the the it is a re- recent crush and the reason for this recent crush is so it's a bit of a long-winded story. So I've always been I've always liked Motley Crue, um very misogynistic, crazy band. So about 2 years ago I started reading The Dirt. Uh studying and Covid got in the way and I'd watched the film so I finished The Dirt. In in the last six weeks, I must have read about six or eight books. So what I decided to do, I thought, well, I'm going to watch The Dirt again. I'm going to go through each autobiography in the group. Tommy Lee, That's Vince Neil, Nikki Six, Mick Mars, unfortunately, hasn't got one. And I also read about one of the girlfriends that was the precursor to Pamela Anderson of Tommy Lee. Okay. Then I got to Nikki Six. And if you know about Nikki Six, he was... Um, he was a hopeless drug addict, mm. alcoholic, but he's the founder and, and writer at Motley Crue, and he's now a he's a born again human being. He's and he's absolutely gorgeous. I'm just so in love with him, and I think he's he's got the most soporific voice. He looks he looks all that. My mate is going mad at me, and now I've had two friends have said to me. <laughs> Joe, you put men on a pedestal, and I agree with them. They're right. They, I do, I do. And my friend says, "Don't go looking for a Nikki Six lookalike." And I said, "No, I don't want a Nikki Six lookalike. I want Nikki Six. <laughs> yeah, if there's anyone on the pedestal, it's going to be him. He's just really, he's just a really intelligent guy, considering what he's gone through. I, I think." He's a bit of a stoic as well. So they, there's another, I've been reading about stoicism. The uh, the obstacle is the way forward. That's a great book. 
really, really, really nice guy. Got a fine-looking man at 58, covered in tattoos. Are we going to have, like, a whole list of people now that want to be on your pedestal, Joe? Oh, that, who that, else? They might ring you to say, I'm 56, I've got loads of tattoos, love. With black, jet black hair. And it, in no way is the hair a reference to a, a previous person that you may know about. <laughs> Uh, that's another podcast guys yes. if you want the gossip on that one <laughs> um i think i actually think i do know who you're talking about because i believe i watched him on let's say gmtv or gm whatever it's called these days or lorraine or something like that at one point where him and his wife his beautiful wife with long brownish oh, yeah. hair she's he's 58 she's 35 yeah. and i you know i hope that they that the marriage in, lasts in life yeah which one more than the other? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? But if they're meant to be, they're meant to be. That's right. But you may still be on his pedestal, Joe. Oh. He's just never met you yet. I just... It, that was what, I was watching a YouTube video where he goes into a, a record shop pretending to be Larry, <laughs> the retail man. And uh, people say, oh, you look like Nicky Six. And I'm shouting... Look at his fingers. Look at his fingers. He's got 1958 six on his fingers. Look at them. Oh, I think I'd just faint. Yeah. And Sorry li- about lick my his, friend. Lick his feet and... <laughs> oh, please don't tell me that's one of your fetishes, Joe. No, it's not. No, no. no. <laughs> Can't do licking in a, a pandemic. <laughs> no, not allowed. <laughs> Good girl. Thank you for following the rules. Okay. <laughs> so... Now that we've discussed a few favourites of kind of uh, the heart, favourites of the stomach, what's your favourite food? Now, I, I, I know, and I mean this with the greatest respect, you love your food and you can put it away. I do love my food. Um, I will eat just about anything except for liver or mac and cheese. Oh, Joe, no way. Disgusting. But I do, i tell you what I'm really into. I could just eat it till the cows come home. There's this yogurt called the Collective, okay, and it's a live yogurt, and that you usually get passion fruit in it as well. Oh, that's so nice! <laughs> but I'm partial to um, a good steak good and lots of, of veg, a bit of meat, yeah. But oh, liver, mac and cheese. Oh, that's just. Have you wrong. just had bad experiences with those two dishes? I just oh, just the the thought of it it just makes me gag. No, oh yeah, I have tried them and heaved my heart up. Oh, and yeah, it's I feel bad for you because you're missing out on some great mac and cheese out there. Oh, no thanks. You've not had mine for a start. Oh no, stick it where the sun don't shine. It's too good for that end. <laughs> <laughs> do you cook? Yes, I I do. I cook more now and um you're gonna ask me my signature dish. Oh written all over my face, of course well, I Well, it sounds like something you'd give it's slop that you give in a prison, but it's a lentil and sweet potato stew, which is, oh, it's delicious. We'd like to keep our listeners, Joe. Don't bore them. It's um, <laughs> it's a deliciously Ella recipe. and oh, okay, I, I yeah. urge anyone to look it up. It's got tomatoes, carrots, celery in. Uh, it's a, a great source of calcium as well. Good and hearty meal, by the Yeah, sense. oh, it's, I, I could eat that all day. I will make a great big dish of it. And, you know, when you just keep going back, oh, I just have one more scoop of that. Oh, it's so nice. It sounds really boring. And then but you it's, suddenly feel like, oh, yeah. uh-oh, what happened there? And then there's a lot of gas an hour yes. later. Yes. 
and then pulses. Oh, I really want to ask you now. Are you a tutor? Yes, I am. You do a lot of exercise, don't you? So a lot of movement. Well, I um, I <laughs> oh, I don't know if I should say this. I was doing some yoga the other week, and I tooted, but not from the regular place. <laughs> I think they call that queefing. Is it? That's perfectly pronounced. Queefing, and uh, I was on mute. Thank God, I'd have been mortified if women in properties had heard that, or even known about that. Yeah. Gosh, if they hear about that, yeah, don't be... don't tell anyone, listeners. <laughs> That'll be like Joe <gasps> queefed. <laughs> In public, you just never know. I'm sure many do in lots of different heart racing moments like yoga. They, I think more so yoga. I don't do it in my classes. I don't tend to um, drop drop the bat, as they say. Um, I'm quite disciplined. I, I tend to generate more burps than I do. Windy pop, body pops. That's probably because you're talking at the same time. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. Talented in I that never way. shut up. Which I think your exercise skills and attributes are phenomenal. You mentioned before that you did some studying recently. Yes. So over over the last two years, I've studied diploma in nutrition and weight management, and I passed that in January this year. Congratulations. And then over. Covid 2020, I done my level two fitness and level three PT fitness exam. Oh my god, that was nearly twelve months in the making because you you have to do assessments in and out of gyms, and I had to do it in a garden on a bag of fertilizer, and I didn't pass, and oh, it was so hard. But we got there in the end. I actually passed three weeks before the gyms were closed. I think it was was it October. They were closed for a period. Yeah, they were, yeah. Yeah, about a month. So I I just about finished that. And that's it now. Don't have to... Well, I do have to keep doing CPDs. Sure. Are you pleased with your results? I am, yeah. I was was really chuffed. Really, really pleased. I, I did almost give up. I think it was about September, October. I thought, do you know what? I can't be arsed with this anymore. The motivation was so low. And I uh, appointed a coach to help me through it oh okay that's interesting um, Lindsay was amazing woman and um, she said oh no Joe, you've done it yourself I said no if it hadn't been for you she gave me a a lot of tool a toolkit to do it and work towards and uh, no I I wouldn't have done it I'd have just thrown the towel in and said I can't be bothered with this but I am glad I did it was it something in particular that made you start doing that in the first place the um the fitness, yeah, 2017. So I was only talking about this to someone earlier. Lifestyle, working life balance was not very good. When you're doing business development, you're drinking a lot. Then I, in my last job, we went through a really rough time with um, something happened. And I, I ended up turning to cigarettes and drink and eating unhealthily. And I was ill all the time. And I was told by a GP, you know, if you don't, rain this in you're gonna go down the same way as your sister so i start oh i was i was bad there's be a, a factor be it yeah oh there's some insider awards was not a good was not a good time uh and then 2018 i decided i'm going to embark on this fitness journey and i'm going to give up drinking now first i think in may i fell off the wagon quite spectacularly may just gone uh, no, May 2018 that was. Oh, okay. I think it was yeah. 2018. Yeah, it must have been 2018. And um, 
I got back on, I was, I'd done really well, got back on the wagon and I think it took me about till August to lose about stone and a half. Then I appointed a PT and she took me a little bit further and then I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this as a, a bit of an interest for myself. And then the food and then the PT follows and then you think, what have I taken on? But it's been great, it's great fun. And it's, do you know what, it's, it's like what Nikki Sink said, my great philosopher, you have to remember why you're doing something. And if you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reasons. And uh, you do what you love. And I, I just love seeing people's faces when they're moving. And somebody sent me an email the other day saying, you know, you've just really shown me that I can move my body and I've done a couch to 5K. And that's really, I think that's really nice. But I didn't do it. I just facilitated their motivation. Yeah. And that's all it was. But it's really nice to hear that. I understand what you're saying in in how you received the toolkit, which opened up avenues for you and how you felt about yourself and how you were going to progress in that area. And you're doing, you're reciprocating that with other people. But you're you are a really lovely person. I'll just get the trombone out. And oh, choo, thank choo, thank choo. you. I'll give you that tenor later. That's why I've got a tenor in my purse. That'll be from last time. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> found it in there today <laughs> no I, I honestly do seriously mean that because we go through our own life meeting different people and you smile and wave smile and wave and just so and sometimes so many people are coming at you that you don't know how to filter the good the bad the ugly but then you still bring this lovely aura to other people and you connect with people so easily but you bring out something in other people that go oh, I would never have found that if it wasn't for Joe. Oh, does that mean I'm a muse? Yeah. Oh, that's I love that one. Call me the muse, superhero, the muse. Minty muse. Joe and a minty muse. No, it, it is it's really it's really lovely when you see someone. I've seen quite a few people actually that the the picked up that fitness book it, it's not about knocking your pipe out it's enjoying what you do yeah. and finding something that you really love and I love to see people come alive and they go oh I really like that yeah really enjoyed that I think it's probably because part of that is you had various different hurdles in front of you perhaps booze bags booze bags and why am I doing this this is this life is boring and it just kept coming at you but it was a behavior that you had adopted and it just seemed normal but then those hurdles connected and it was one big hurdle, obviously your sister, um, and it just slowly broke those barriers down and you see that in other people. So you're able to, you give them the tools to alienate that, that behaviour so that they can recognise that it's not a good behaviour. Yeah, it's, it's like being a coach, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very philosophical. 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 Yes. Yeah, I think so. And... I always read. I, I read a lot of books. So still do a lot of CPDs. And this this one guy who's, who acts as he he guides PTs. He said he doesn't like the word personal trainer, and I I, I get where he's coming from because he said it, it, you're more like a life coach, mm. a, a fitness life coach to someone. Yeah. And he's trained some people, and he said I, for an hour I've I've never done a, a bit of exercise with them. I've just sat and listened to them talk about their problems moving. Um, he said y- you're just a coach to them. And I get that. But also for some people, they'll feel listened to. They'll feel like mm. they've been heard rather than you walking into a gym, oh, I'm off to see the PT, I'm going to have to do X, Y and Z, I reckon. And they take you into a room and you have a conversation and 
you might actually think, oh, I feel empowered now. Yeah, that's, that's it. You, all, you always stop and listen to people and they leave feeling empowered. And, and I, every single time we meet or have a conversation for about a day, I feel empowered. Oh, that's nice to hear. <laughs> no, I'm, seriously, it's just kind of, you know, whether it's through counselling or through just life skills of your own that you've been able to attribute that to relationships with other people. I've seen you do that, let alone have that experience with you. And and it but when I see you do that with other people, I just think, oh, it's Jo. <laughs> there she there goes. There she is. There she She's is. Do, I, but, you know, I, I could never be a counsellor because... I'd take all those problems with me and it would just serve to fuel my anxieties further and because I carry them with me all the time. Yeah, I can understand that. In in a previous life, I did something very, very similar with uh, young people in crisis and and you do. Some, sometimes you end up taking those people and those behaviours and those situations home with you and they... It's like a little bit like a volcano. It just mm. kind of like bubbles, bubbles, bubbles. And then one day you erupt. And then once it's erupted, you feel, oh, I'm empty now. Yeah. I feel better. Pressure cooker syndrome. Yeah. 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 And then you're ready to start again. It's a difficult job. Yes. And it's it's not for everybody. No. And I don't think it's a life. What, some people do it for forever. Mm. It wasn't mine for forever that wasn't my forever how long is what was it somebody said to me forever is as long as you want it to be joe it It wasn't nikki six by the way joe's looking very proud of herself that she she remembered i remembered something (laughs) something really important without me brain fog (laughs) (laughs) oh i'll come on to that in a minute you like to learn don't you you do a lot of learning a lot of reading i've done loads of reading are you reliving a childhood or redoing your childhood were you good at school did you like school I hated I absolutely hated school okay. it, it bored the tits off me um I was in a, a your, your bog standard school comprehensive oh god yeah and we had this bitch of a PE teacher called Miss Hall that I, and I hated PE can you believe the irony of that and then I went to art college for three years, and I really loved that. I thought that was fun, and I, I learned so much. And then I think what it was leaving, going to university for one night and bumming out of that to go to be a forklift truck driver because I wanted to leave leave it and earn some money, I think that as you get older as well, you get that second wind, you get that learning curve, and you think, well, I've only got another 40, 50, well, I've only got another 40 years on this planet. I want to absorb as much knowledge as I can. Yeah. That's yeah. how I feel. And I, I never think you are never, never too old to learn something new. Oh, absolutely. There's so much value in challenging yourself and doing something that scares you, that takes you out of your comfort zone. I'm going to make you mac and cheese. Oh, I'm going to take you out of your comfort zone. <laughs> oh, it's, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, because you'll make me do something really, really nasty. <laughs> It's like when my mum used to put in front of me uh, parsley sauce, peas that were often hard, and mashed potato. And to this day, I cannot eat that. I can eat them on their own. Right. But if somebody put that in front of me, I would heave my heart up. Because she'd say, you eat that now, or I'll put it out in front of you tomorrow night. Isn't it funny, some of the things we remember from our childhood, Mm -hmm. and 
you think, God, I'd never say that to someone. But you probably would. Yeah. You know, if for all the elements to come together to have that meal at the table and for the reasons why you're being fed and watered and all that malarkey, you think, no, you've got to eat that. Yeah, there's nothing to, else. That, that was it. There was nothing else. Yeah. We were from, I'm getting my little violin out. We were from a very poor family. So so mum would always forego what she, she'd just have a bit of toast and jam so she could feed us. And we were shoving it back in her face. Yeah. But that, yeah, here's another story. When we was older and my brother had started working, he was 19, he'd come home from work, sit down with his trousers round his ankles, his overalls. Mum would say, what do you want for your tea, Mark? And he go, he go, I don't know. Well, what do you want? And he used to say, can I swear? Yeah, of course. I'll have cat shit on toast. <laughs> she got so fed up of him soon. Do you know what she did one night? Oh, I hope she did. She did. She toasted two bits of white bread, went out into the garden, got a bit of Mopsy's cat poo, stuck it on, stuck it on the toast and put it in Brilliant. front of him. Oh, he went ballistic. He never did it again. No. Good. I wonder if he remembers that story. <gasps> yeah, probably. Yeah, I think he does. I think he was about 19 at the time. You'd want him to re- hopefully remember that story. I just ran out and I was horrified myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like this little cat's tail of plop with a bit of... Oh, oh yeah. And she, and she buttered the toast. <laughs> oh. She was far too kind to him. Yes. Far too kind. I do, I do like childhood memories like that. So on that note, what were you fed as a child that you hated but can eat now? Ooh. Apart from parsley sauce, mash and peas. What did, oh God, she, oh, she used to feed me um, beef, but it was like an old shoe. Okay. She overcooked it that much, but she does occasionally still give it me and I do eat it. And I, I like that it's a bit chewy. I'm okay with that. Okay, it's grown on you. Yeah, because I'm not eating that, Mum. Yeah, it has. That's boring, isn't it? No, not at all. Yeah. Everybody's different. It, it's funny how other guests have had that question and and some have been surprising and then you think, oh, okay, that makes sense. And and it, it does. It, it's funny how we treat our parents now, isn't it? Of what they fed us when we were kids as to what we eat now. And yeah, how, there's how a wrong reversal as very, well, I think. Very much. Yeah. Yes. She's like a child, my mum. Don't have children. I have an eighty-five-year-old mother. <laughs> I'm sure she's very lovely. She is. She's she's been tip-top these last eighteen months. When I've rung her up, Mom, I'm feeling really lonely. Oh, what am I going to do? And then she she always said, "You're going to have to just pull yourself together." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> That'll do it. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose sometimes our older peers in our lives those kind of moments of clarity are true sometimes sometimes you do just have to pull your pants up and get on with it yeah you do yeah you do because nobody's coming to save you are they you've just got to get on with it that's the way I see it so would you say you're an optimist then um I'm often called a pessimist okay that's interesting but I don't think pessimist I think realist Everyone will go, oh, don't say that. You're such, you're so negative, Joe. No, that's. I know how this story's going to end. I always say that. I trust my inner compass, and believe me, it's always correct. Do you have a happy ever after, Joe? I think so. Things are not that bad. I'm trying to think of one. Do you know what, Laura? Things always have a way of working themselves out. Life happens, doesn't it? it does. 
And there is a reason, again, you know, we're contacting the industry. She always says, there's a reason why this has happened. And we never know at the time, but you can, it could be years late, it could be weeks, and you think, yeah, I dodged a real big bullet there. Or, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that happened. It's just, I suppose, the universe's way of telling you that that's, that's the way it is. Suck yeah. it up, get on with it. So, yeah, I think I've, I'm lucky, I'm privileged, I can't moan. And I'm not going to. What if I gave you an, an opportunity to moan? What would I moan about? Do you want to give me something to moan about? Ask me something that... Um, being a woman. Oh, well, <laughs> now you've started. So, <laughs> so I'm approaching 50 and for the last... everyone uh, Listeners, you're all going to go yawn, yawn, yawn. Women are always going on about menopause. It's the buzzword, perimenopause. It is. And I'm going to put it out there because I think mine started probably about three, four years ago. And these last two years, it's been horrific. And I've done the tests seven days apart and I am full 100% in it now. No worry about it. No, yeah, it's, it's, it's there. Sweaty, mood swings. You know, I could have a fight with myself in a car park sometimes. <laughs> I'm either going to laugh or cry at this, Joe. <laughs> yeah, when the oestrogen levels drop, just stay out of my way. Um, I'm pretty calm lately. It's been tough. And you do, I've talked to you about this. You, you feel, I can see why women give their jobs up. I, I can see why they p- feel superfluous to what they do. But it's like what I've said to you. I think we all have to look at it from the point of view. You're like a snake shedding that old skin. And you're coming into a new phase of your life. So your children are older. I haven't got kids. Children are older. You, you, you don't care about what mattered before. And I think you should embrace it. You're, you're a, it's like, the way I see it, it's like an alien has kidnapped me, put me on another planet, totally unharmed. And I think, what the bloody hell is going on? And sometimes I, I, don't, I don't like what I am. And somebody did say to me, you've changed, Joe. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have, yeah. Definitely changed. And Tell me something I don't know. Yeah, and there's absolutely tick all I can do about it. It's happening. And uh, sometimes I like her, the Joe, Min- Minty Muse. And then other times, um, oh, yeah, she's just vile. Just stay out of my way. I just can't help it. And I- do you know what the worst of it is? I don't know if you get this. It's You forget things. I forget people's names. It's so true. Uh, I can't say some words. Um, see, the pool, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> the terrible, pause. it's terrible, yeah. it's really yeah. bad. But that's, this is where I think as well, this is only the last six weeks, that reading has, has really helped. Uh, it's keeping the brain ticking over and going and it, it has really helped a lot. That's good. It's, it's interesting that you bring up that subject because I think, even though we've had lots of conversations about it for one reason and another, it's so important to talk about it. We could take ourselves back 40 years and go, oh, no, um, Bob's over there or Jim, Dave, whoever. I can't talk to you about my period right now. Mm-hmm. All being a woman's quite hard work because we, we don't talk about stuff. We've been on this planet long enough now to be able and, and have earned the right to talk about stuff. And I, I'm preaching right now women talk about the menopause we don't know anything until we talk about it Mm -hmm. 
and I can talk about it with like-minded individuals like yourself, but it is really hard to explain to someone to say, please, please, please read read this information for me because I need you to know what I'm going to be and what I'm going to go through. But for them to actually do that is really difficult because it's they're putting themselves out of their comfort zone and they're thinking, no, you're all right for now. No, I'll, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. And some people work like that, that they can cross that bridge when they come to it, whereas other people need all that knowledge to be able to take those steps across that bridge. And then you're suddenly de- dealing with the alien part of the month. Because like you say, some days are really good and they, they just go brilliantly and then you become an alien. And the bit that I don't like is that I look at that alien, the, the me back in 2017, look at the alien now and think, right, don't, no, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it, write it down. Don't say that out loud because you're going to really upset some people if you say yeah. that out loud. No, oh, well, well done, well done for writing it down. Don't say that out loud. Because it, it can be like a switch, can't it? Yeah. It can be absolutely grand for a day, two days, three days, and then boom. It's reactive, isn't it? Yeah, very. And it's it's not fair. And it, it's not knowing what to do next, I think. And it's that that journey of a woman's life, I think, is really detrimental to mental health and well-being. And there's loads of different tricks of the trade, like exercise, uh, nutrition, supplements, and good old HRT. I've not got to the HRT yet. It's actually getting Mine's getting. Coming. Oh, <laughs> so lucky in, you! In in a few weeks, yeah, I've got to sort out other stuff first. I think there are. I've got to a point where I think I can plow through it now. I've I've got so far into it, and I've had no help from the GP. I'm just told, well, it is hot at the moment. Do you eat curry? I've had that. If oh, I can get Joe. past the receptionist. Oh, the the font of all knowledge. Yeah. Well, she's busy at the moment. She'll wing you later. And then she rings and then I get that. So anyone that does get on HRT and it does work for them, fantastic. I think, I think I've missed the boat now. Maybe not. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. But for some people, HRT doesn't work and they are reactive to that. So it's, oh, it's finding that really? happy, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you see that that's um, it's like people who are not going through. There's women that are coming into the forties, and you, you say, you know, you're gonna, you really need to be prepared for this. They can't possibly understand what no. you're going through until they're in it themselves. Yeah, this should be something that's taught in schools. I Def- I do agree, yeah, definitely. And um, I will do a little shout out for good old Laura. Chuck Burra. Yeah, whoop, whoop, Laura. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's amazing, guys. Uh, give her a, a Google, a Facebook search, a LinkedIn search. She is amazing and she is a huge fan of all knowledge and a real great talker and is happy to talk about it. And she realizes that so many different women go through it at different stages in their lives and in loads of different ways. But she is really plowing for it to be more recognised, especially in the workplace. Yeah. So, whoop, whoop, well done, her. Yeah, I think she's doing a grand job. She and is. You know what, just on a side note, what really gets me is I was talking to a lady, a very good friend of mine who's going through, she's having it really bad. The insomnia's the worst. I don't know how I survive on the sleep that I do. She says, Joe, I think I'm going mad. You are not, stop it, you are not going mad. 
You know, you know what's going on in your body. Stop thinking yeah. it's in your head. The silence is so significant because you go, oh, is Joe talking about me or is she talking about someone else? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, you've done two podcasts with me now. Have you enjoyed them both? I've loved them. They've been really good fun. Good. I like how your voice has changed and your different accents and your different levels of poshness. I'm not quite sure if I've got a Moira Stewart wannabe. Do you know that? Oh, Moira Stewart. She talks a bit like that, doesn't she? No, that's rubbish, isn't she's, it? She's very posh. She's very posh. Very posh. Yes. Yes, yes. they've been really good fun. Good. Good. Um, and for any guest that wants to come along in the future, I bribed Joe with cake, so please let me know your cake preferences when I invite you to be a guest. I've just got to finish the other half now <laughs> after this. Thank you, Laura. Right, you're very welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day, Novus listeners. Um, Take care and get in touch with your feedback.